0: What do you hear? How do you hear? Above the noise, in the midst of the noise, in the midst of the distraction. How many of you are excited about Christmas season coming up? How many of you are terrified? And how many of you are hoping that you'll just be able to rest this Christmas? Have some time off, hot chocolate by the fire. Mm. It's in the stillness, it's in the quiet that we hear God. You know it's impossible to hear somebody speaking when you're talking? It's really difficult to hear God speak to you while you're talking and talking and talking. It's impossible to hear your wife when you're talking and talking and talking. Don't worry, I'll warm you up here and we'll get... It's impossible to hear your husband when you're talking and talking and talking. Last week, Pastor Jen uh, looked at, what do you hear? What do you hear? And this week, I want to look at, how do you hear? Um, How do we actually go about hearing? We talk a lot about hearing God's voice. Jesus said, I am the word. God spoke the earth into creation. There's power in God's word. We know that there's transformation in God's word. We know that when God speaks, we can be changed in a moment. And then we come to this point where we're like, I want that, but how? Anyone like me? Where sometimes we're trying to find a way to hear him. And this morning I want to share three areas that will help you and aid you in your personal life to hear God speak. Our main point this morning is we hear God's voice in our mind when we are still and become aware of his presence. We hear God's voice in our mind when we are still and become aware of his presence. I wanna start this morning with a declaration. A declaration is something that we're gonna say together. We're gonna believe it to be true even if we haven't fully experienced it in our life. So I'm gonna ask you to to speak this over the service and over this message and over your life. So you're gonna repeat after me But I want to say this together. Ready? Wow. That was the least ready I've ever seen a group of people be ready. That was amazing. Thank you for that. Okay, ready? Oh, now you are the most ready people that I've ever met in my whole life. This is good. Everyone's a little nervous this morning. It's going to be good. Okay, ready. I am confident that God is always speaking. I am confident that God is always speaking. Isn't that a good word? I mean, God is always speaking. The question is not, God, are you going to speak to me? The question is not, when will you speak to me? The question is not, God, are you, do you speak to people? That's not a question. He is always speaking. He is always speaking things over our life, into our spirits, into our soul. He is always speaking. If we will be still and become aware will begin to hear. Did you know that you were created to hear God speak? Did you know that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, do you know that you've already heard God speak? You see, it's impossible to become a follower of someone if you don't hear them speak. And the Bible says this in John chapter 6, verse 44 and 45. This is not in your notes. Jesus speaking, and he says this, No one can come to me unless the Father draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. He goes on to say, It is written in the prophets they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. How can we learn from the Father and come to Jesus if we don't hear God speak? How can we become followers of Jesus, Christians, if we don't hear God speak? God speaks into our spirits. God knocks on the door of our hearts. God makes himself known to us, and he just keeps knocking and speaking and knocking and speaking. And if we open up the door to Jesus, he is there. So, the first area that I want to look at this morning is to be mindful of your thoughts. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so again, to know God's will, to understand God's will, to discern God's will can only come through the renewal of the mind. And the renewal of the mind is where God begins to change the way you think. And in the renewal of the mind, we are transformed. Now, Paul highlights two different ways that we can go about our thought life. He says number one is you can conform, you can conform to the pattern of this world. You know, you can just scroll through social media and believe whatever social media says about you. You can watch TV shows and you can just conform to whatever those TV shows are saying about you. You can watch your favorite movies and just kind of conform to what those movies say about you. And your whole life can actually be a conforming kind of life. And guess what? There's a pattern for all of us to follow out there. We can all just kind of conform. And if we all kind of conform, we all look the same. If we all conform to the pattern of this world guess who we're listening to the voice of the world the voice of social media but Paul and Paul says you can do that if you want but there's a better way be transformed in the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by spending time in God's word. Be transformed in worship. Be transformed in prayer. Be transformed in community. Information can change what we think, but transformation changes how we think. We can always add more information to know but transformation changes how we think. Do we need more information? I pray that this sermon is not information. That's not the goal of what's happening here. I don't want to give you information that you stuff into an already like soaked sponge, because guess what? It won't stick. We have so much information at our fingertips. We could pull up global news and find out what election results in Zimbabwe are right now. I mean, it's crazy the information we have. We are not information-needy. We are information-saturated and transformation-deficient. What we need in the church is not more information. We need transformation. Information can change what we think, but transformation will change how you think. And it's in the renewing of the mind. This message will be real simple in what to do. The renewal of the mind comes from time in the Word. The renewal of the mind is when I get God's thoughts in my head about me and you. Transformation happens when I get God's thoughts in my mind about him. When I see myself clearly and I see God clearly and I see all of you clearly, that is called transformation. And I begin to live different. See, if we've been studying in church for many, many years, but there's no lifestyle change, you simply got information. But it's in transformation that I should be able to look at my life, my own. I'm preaching to me right now. When I look at my own life in the mirror and I, and I look at Joel in the mirror and I go, man, you're thinking differently about that situation. Man, you're reacting differently about that situation. Man, you're not being, you're not being like you always were, Joel. There's something different happening right now in your life. I see it, Joel. I see that you're being transformed, Joel, by the renewing of your mind. You're not conforming to the pattern of this world. I don't have to go to Google to find out who I am. Because God says who I am. How do you hear? How you hear is Solely based on how you think. How do you think? I will just say to you, this has been a noisy week for me. It's been, in fact, my entire time as a lead pastor has been so noisy. I've been fighting to hear God because noise in your head will never stop. Paul says that we would set our mind on things above. I mean, I love all of you. I do, but sometimes earth weighs me down. And Paul says Joel, set your mind on things above it all, above the noise, not on things that are on this earth. Set means have a particular attitude. Set is a direction, set is a perspective, set is a pattern of thinking. We must develop a pattern of thinking that incorporates time where we set our mind on things above, not on earthly things. Doesn't mean we are ignorant about what's happening on earth. Doesn't mean we deny that we are having a physical experience. It just means we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. We are not physical beings that have a spiritual experience once a week. That's a lie. We are spiritual, eternal beings already. We happen to spend some time on this earth but don't just ponder the things of this earth. Set your mind. This week, I had this moment on Wednesday morning, and God reminded me in prayer. He said, Joel, you have the mind of Christ. And I said, Amen, hallelujah, and then another verse came into my mind, Galatians 5 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Therefore, do not be burdened again, Joel, with the yoke of slavery. And then other verses began to come. Be still and know that I am God. And I began pondering these verses in my head. And God said, Joel, do you know why you can quickly recall these verses? Joel, do you know why these verses bring you peace? Joel, do you know why these verses bring you a sense of faith that I'm going to get you through this? You know why, Joel? Because a long time ago, you made some deposits in the ATM of your mind. And when you make deposits in the ATM of your mind, when it comes time to make a withdrawal, guess what? You got some balance. And there's nothing better than when you go up to the ATM. There's nothing better when you go up to the ATM and you say $20. Guess what? It gives you $20. And there's nothing worse when you go up to the ATM and you go to make a withdrawal, but you haven't made any deposits. A renewed mind, setting our mind on things above, simply comes from time in the Word. Time in prayer, time in worship, time in community, time listening to Joel's sermon. (laughs) You can only make withdrawals when you've made a deposit. Number two, be still and listen. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I'm sorry I threw a pro for a loop before when I said this already. Be still. It's interesting it doesn't say, you could just leave that verse up for a few minutes, because it's interesting that it doesn't say Study. It doesn't say um, get educated. Get your master's degree, Joel. Listen to a sermon. Go to YouTube. Watch a whole bunch of sermons. I'm not saying that you can't get to know God that way, but it's interesting what the sons of Korah were up to here when they penned Psalm 46.10. They said, you know what? It's actually in stillness. It's in stillness. It's in quiet that we're able to know him. It's in stillness that we're known by him. It's when I'm quiet, when I'm still, when I'm do you have moments of stillness in your life? And I know you want to say, Do you? You have five kids, 85 farm animals. I gotta fight for it. See, I have to fight for stillness. I gotta wake up real early. I have to close my office door and just take moments throughout my day to be still. I have to go for a run just to be still. I have to get out there with Jesus, me and Jesus running to find stillness. Anyone else find that humorous? What is it for you? What is it for you that you find stillness in, quiet in? We have to get there. I believe that stillness allows us to become more God conscious than self conscious. I believe in stillness that we are still long enough and we just sit. I mean, just sit. I mean, light a candle and just sit. Last night, I did a really manly thing to be still. I lit a candle and I took a bath. I'm proud of it. I know in some men's minds, I just went down like a lot of notches. But I did. I took a bath and I lit a candle. Oh, it was so painful. Like my thoughts and my mind was just racing and about all this stuff. But then it was awesome. After about five, 10 minutes, it was stillness. Stillness. I cleared mind. Still with the Lord. In stillness, I became more God-conscious. Some of you that may struggle in prayer with, like, group prayer or praying with people. That always happens when we're more self-conscious than God-conscious. Sometimes when I pray with Rose, man... There's prayers and then there's prayers, you know what I'm saying? They usually end most a sentence uh, with a, a little "uh" on the end of it and a little King James version. And, a, you know, they go here and there. And the, I mean, I've heard Rose pray the names of God that I didn't even know existed in the Old Testament. I mean, she went from the Rose of Sharon to the Lilies of the Valley to the Fairest of all the Fairest. And, and by the time she gets to the end of it, I'm like, how do I roll in? How do I get in here? Like, how do I even onboard into this prayer time with her? And I'm telling you, but that's her. And if I'm self-conscious, I'm, oh, oh, how about this? If I'm trying to conform to the pattern of my sister Rose, that's not genuine. I got to be me. I got to become God-conscious. God, what are you saying in this time? And it's only in stillness I cease from striving to be something else or someone else. I become God conscious in prayer, in stillness. You don't just conform to the pattern of this world. Sometimes we conform to the pattern of church. Sometimes we just do what everyone else is doing. And think somehow there's going to be, somehow along the way of conforming, we're going to be transformed. It doesn't happen. You could spend 30 years in a church sitting in the same seat, singing the same songs, listening to banging sermons and never be changed. Looking like our neighbor doesn't change who we are. I began this simple prayer a, a long time ago. It's actually from... Uh, The fifth century, it's called the Jesus Prayer. It's simple. You can add a word here and there if you want, but it's simple. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. That's it. Some add a sinner. Some delete all of it except the name of Jesus and just say, Jesus. What happens in this prayer, though, that's been prayed for so many years, what happens is because you know it so well, you become more God-conscious as you say it, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. Anyone could learn that prayer it's a simple prayer but it orients me to him see i'm a verbal processor anybody else a verbal processor that means you think as you're speaking anyone else how many of you think before you speak how many of you don't think or speak okay so i'm talking to all of us today I'm glad i'm a verbal processor I can talk for days and figure out and argue with myself both sides of a debate while I'm talking and somehow end up because I'm a verbal processor. And so for me, in prayer, it's really important that I don't do that. So it's really important in prayer that I simplify it to just be aware of him. So to be still and to know that he is God Be still and know that he is God. Our third point this morning, our third step, if you will, our third whatever this morning is to be aware of his presence. To renew our mind, to be still and know that he is God, and to become aware of his presence. See, with a renewed mind and learning to be still, I want to invite you into a very intimate place. I want to invite you into the most precious and the most transformative place that you will ever find in your life. This is better than self-help. This is better than the spa. This is better than vacation. This is better than your greatest moments. Think of the greatest place you've ever been to. Think of it right now. It's way beyond that. In this place, there is healing, wholeness, restoration, transformation. In this place, there is forgiveness, conviction, true change. This place is the most powerful place that you could ever get to. Want to know what it is? The presence. The presence. The presence of God is the most amazing place that you can ever spend your entire life getting to. It is in the presence that there is transformation. It is in the presence that there is fullness of joy. It is in the presence that God speaks And transforms you. It's in the presence that you are healed. It's in the presence that you find the will of God. It's in the presence that you will truly be completely turned upside down. It's in the presence that you find eternal life, in the presence of God. Exodus chapter three. I wanna talk a little bit about the presence. It's a familiar story to some. I'm just gonna read to verse six. This is the burning bush account. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb. The mountain of God. Horeb is also another name for Mount Sinai. And so here's Moses and he's a shepherd for his father-in-law and he's keeping the sheep. And he comes to this place near the mountain of God. Eventually we know further down in his life where would he, what would he do at Mount Sinai? He would get the 10 commandments for the people of God. Well right now he's a shepherd. And it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see... I want to finish this message with an encouragement to you that often we will hear God's voice at the intersections of life. We will hear God's voice at the moment of transition and change. We will hear God's voice when we are just going about our life like shepherds, just the mundane, the, the, the day-to-day. We will be going about our life and then all of a sudden at the normal time in our life, when we're in our routine or we're doing something, God will also speak to us. In other words, he doesn't just speak to us when we carve out time to be still, but he will speak to us at the intersections of life. As we're living our life, Moses was living his life, probably questioning, I was once a prince, now I'm not, I'm a shepherd, and God speaks to him. Moses comes across the most ordinary thing, a bush. You ever have ordinary days? Moses comes across this ordinary bush, but it was not ordinary at all. It was not ordinary at all because this ordinary bush was filled with an extraordinary God. And God will occupy the ordinary in our life. And it says that Moses was walking along and he sees this bush, this ordinary bush, and it was on a fire, but not being burned. And it says twice, it says, he turned aside to see. And the Bible says that when he turned aside to see, God called him. Moses, Moses, it's, it's in the turning aside, it's in the awareness of his presence, it's in the, the change of our gaze, it's when we fix our eyes upon Jesus, it's sometimes at the intersection of our life where we just think we're shepherding. That God comes along and he does something supernatural in the ordinary. And as we turn aside to see, God speaks to us through the ordinary. There's some ordinary things I like to do at home. I like to uh, ride on my little tractor. Uh, We live on a very small farm. To me, it's a big farm. But to farmers, it's not a farm. It would be like an acreage or something. Like they wouldn't even use the same word, farm. But I like to ride on my tractor. It's a John Deere tractor, too, so it's legit. And I like my ride on lawnmower a lot. And it's these mundane moments that I, I you can ask Sonia, I didn't like cutting our grass. When we lived on a 4,000-square-foot lot in Coquitlam, I had like 20 feet of grass, 20 feet of grass, I didn't like cutting that, but I like cutting two acres of grass. Because when I get in that ride on mower, something ordinary becomes extraordinary for me. When I'm aware of his presence in that lawnmower, guess what? That lawnmower becomes a burning bush. I remember in my own life where I was contemplating coming out here to go to Trinity Western University or staying in New York to be nothing. And I'd come out to visit Trinity and it was nice. I didn't know where Langley was. The only Langley I knew was Virginia, where CIA headquarters are. This is a different Langley for sure. I came out to the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, 3,000 students. Um, we had more than that in our high school. Um, but I came out to visit, and I, I went home, and I was, I was downtown in New York City on a subway. And I'm talking to my friends about this Trinity Western University in Langley, British Columbia. And they're like, is that in England or is that in South America? I'm like, no, British Columbia, it's actually a province. They're like, wait, wait, is that where all that really good weed comes from? I'm like, yeah, that's it. And they're like, now we know, now we know where it is. And so we're in a subway and I'm telling them that I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about going to Trinity Western University in, in New York City, 10 million people, on a subway. I'm talking to my friends. And this guy overhears us talking, and he leans over, a complete stranger in New York City. And he goes, did you say Trinity Western University? And it's amazing, but I turned aside (laughs) to see who this nut bar was. (laughs) And he says, I actually, I work for Marriott, Sodexo services, and we do food services in universities all over the place. And he goes, I've been to Trinity, and you know we run their food services there. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, if you want a job, here's my card. When you get to campus, you can work as a, as a U.S. citizen um, with food services at Trinity. Now, I never took him up on the job because it's, quite frankly, just embarrassing to work in a cafeteria, but um, I'm just kidding. I, I, uh, I was involved quite heavily in ministry, and, um, but I met this guy, and he was... It was an ordinary subway ride. It was an ordinary moment. But it became an intersection for my life. An intersection where the ordinary became extraordinary. And God spoke to me from that burning bush moment. And I'd like to say to you that you have burning bush moments in your life. I believe that God is always speaking and we all believe that together, remember? And I believe that in your life right now, you're looking for God to speak to you in a specific area and I believe that there are burning bushes all around you in your life. If you'll take time to just be aware of it and turn aside to see, you'll hear God speaking through that burning bush. And what was ordinary is now extraordinary. How many of you are needing to hear from God about something? So for me, the, actually, how do I hear the most practical way that I hear is, is, is doing yard work, doing chores, riding a tractor, running, riding on a mower, playing with my kids, spending time with my wife out in the farm, watching her work in the garden, <laughs> and watching the flowers in the garden that she tends to, and I just get to enjoy and getting your hands dirty in the greenhouse and like th- that's what we do right and you have your own things it's it could be just in the day to day but it's it's taking the day to day and pausing in the day to day to be still long enough to become aware of his presence and then turn aside when you do see something to gaze at it a little bit longer. I'll close with this and invite the worship team to come up. We wanna have a, time, a little more time of extended worship this morning. When Sonia walks into a room and I'm watching a TV show at home, and I don't pay attention to her when she comes in and starts talking. You think I'm gonna hear her? No. When she comes into the room though, I need to, I need to men, this, is, this will save your marriage, men. You ready? If you've, been, if you've been sleeping up until this point in the sermon, wake up, this will change your, your life. Um, you take the remote, okay, and you pause, right, pause, whatever's on the TV. you guys with me? You pause it, and you look at your wife, because men, we can't do two things at once. we can't. See when they come in and we're watching a show, okay, we've got a, a, a box out. you know we think in boxes, and so When our wife comes into the room and she wants to have a conversation, we have to put this box away, and we have to take the other box out, which is the conversation we're going to have with our wife. We can't do two things at once. You have to stop, pause, and give attention to your wife. You guys with me? Okay. Now, one step further just to bring this home. Have you ever been in this situation where you agreed to something that you didn't know you agreed to? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, so like, like next day or a couple days later, your wife's like, so we're going to Bob and Sue's tonight. You're like, what? Yeah, we're going. What do you mean we're going? We talked about it last week. We did, and you agreed to go. I did? Yes, you did. What was I doing? You were watching the TV show. You were watching the football game, and you agreed to go. You said, whatever you want, honey. You said whatever, honey, whatever you want, and you agreed. So, men, guess what? If you pause it, you have an actual conversation because you can't hear properly if you don't quiet yourself. With God, it's the same. You got to pause, be still, to know He's speaking. You have to pause to turn aside to look at the burning bush. It is quite simple and one of the hardest things to do. Let me pray for you. Father, we pray in this moment as we continue to worship, as we continue to connect with you, Lord, I I pray for burning bush moments here in this place. A turning aside, Lord, to see you, to experience you, to hear you. We we pause. We pause what we need to get to later in the day. We pause in this moment, Lord. And in stillness, In quiet, in rest, we become more aware of your presence, more aware of your presence.